You're listening to the Inverse Podcast, where we explore how the scriptures can turn our world upside down. Or how it can be weaponized to uphold the status quo. I'm Drew Hart. And I'm Jared McKenna, and this is Inverse. So I've chosen a passage from Philippians 2. Um, I'll start with verses 15 and 16. It says, you may become, well, no, actually, sorry, children of fault without, uh, sorry, let me start again. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. And I'll stop there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So before we, we'll come back and circle around to that text again, but um, but we love to hear the story of our guests. And so I'd love to know, like, when do you first remember encountering the Bible, the Hebrew and Christian scriptures, early memories? Yeah, for me, I think the Bible was part of my um, understanding of knowledge since the beginning of times. I've actually grown up um, since I was a baby in the church. I went to Sunday schools every Sunday. The funny thing is my parents were actually never very religious. Um, my dad actually ran a pub and a nightclub um, and all of that. My mom wasn't really a Christian when um, I was very young. Um, but somehow my dad was determined to bring me to church every single Sunday all my life um, until he passed away. Um, and I, for me, I've just sang wonderful uh, Sunday school songs ever since I could remember anything. And I had wonderful Sunday school teachers. And, and it was all a really beautiful part of my childhood. I've had great experiences there. So, so yeah, it's been part of just my uh, knowledge um, and foundations of, of everything. Um, but when you say encounter the Bible, I wouldn't really necessarily count that encountering it because it was just part of, you know, like ABCs, one, two, three, God loves us, you know. Um, <laughs> I think like I probably really encountered it when I was around 13, when I went to a summer camp um, just for three days, um, when there were people who were speaking actually just about the, that passage I just read out really? in, the, wow. in Philippians. Um, and it struck me at my core because the words jumped out. They spoke to me about our role in this world um, there was power. It was like an order for us to go out and kick butts. Um, it was it was like a whole different thing, and it changed my conception about what my faith meant forever. Wow! Yeah, wow! Oh, that's, that's beautiful. And Patsy, mm. you grew up in Hong Kong. Yep. So my dad's English. My your, mom's your parents, Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not both of them came to Hong Kong but didn't grow up there is that correct um well my dad grew up in the um the UK mm-hmm. um and then fled from that place what since he was young 
and, yeah, right. and actually worked in Asia for many years. And then he actually didn't have me until he was 50 years old. Mm. My mom grew up in Hong Kong. Right. Um, she's 26 years younger than him. Um, <laughs> and, and they met in an orange juice factory, <laughs> which he ran and she worked in I, as a secretary. I've heard you tell funny stories about <laughs> your mum and your mum and your dad and their dynamic together. Um, uh, how, how much do you think who they uh, were or, or are um, I- impacted the way you read scripture? Oh, um, well, I think it's quite strange, right? Because they're not actually um, shining Christian examples. <laughs> but what they gave me was a lot of liberty. Yeah. And so I've never been pressured to read. Um, I've never felt like I had to read things in any way or had to frame things in any direction. So I think I was just given a lot of liberty to interpret things um, as I came across them. Hmm. Um, and they were they were encouraging with that. I mean, actually, I'm going to say this, it's completely ridiculous and probably inappropriate. But when I, as an example for you, when I went to um, started university, it was my first time living away from home. I was in uni. I was in my dormitory. And one night my dad called me. The first question was, so Patsy, how's your sex life? <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, what? Excuse me? I'm like, dad, you know, I'm a Christian, blah, blah, blah. Yes, so what? Um <laughs> And then I go, well, you know, I believe blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I just want you to know that um, you shouldn't think you have all the answers to life and life is about figuring things out. Wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, you know, that, that's basically the way I'm brought up. <laughs> so in that um, environment, do you think your initial how scripture landed, particularly that, very sweet story you told about being on this three-day camp. Um, it sounds like that experience itself was very powerful. But your journey with the scriptures, were they always something that was liberating in your life? Or um, were there times when you did find the scriptures oppressive and you've had to wrestle with it? Oh, um, so I would say initial periods of me encountering the Bible, it was generally quite liberating. But then I started, um, you know, really loving it and I wanted to follow it as far as possible. But then I really got hung up on some things Mm -hmm. Um, like and this would be at different points in my life. Um, You know, in the beginning, I think like the the passages about uh, that seems to inhibit women leadership. Mm -hmm. um, Those things really bothered me and I had to struggle with them. And I'll I'll tell you one thing. I've got a complex relationship with uh, Proverbs 31. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But but you know what? It's not like, it's not, I wouldn't necessarily say it's oppressive because it's also pushed me to push myself in crazy ways. 
So like, it's in a way been like a measuring stick for me. And it's like, on the one hand, that's quite wrong, right? Because it's not about deeds and all. Um, but it's also been something that's pushed me to to keep trying for more and more. It's like, hey, you know, I want to be that person. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly stressful. <laughs> yeah, I, I know um, some of the pastors at the church uh, mm-hmm. um, you're a part of. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'm very aware that you know one of those pastors very well. Yeah. Um, the inside joke for those listening in is... Uh, Patsy is married to one of those pastors. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I know that at the Vine, there is a lot of permission to take scripture seriously and to wrestle um, uh, with the scriptures. Um, yeah. Uh, but has that always been the kind of setting in which you've experienced these passages or um, has it been more complicated than that? It actually has been generally but generally there's just so much liberty just because like I went to church with a dad who didn't care much about it, you know? So it's like, (laughs) if anybody ever tried to be oppressive, it never struck me that way. Right. (laughs) Um, It it never. Yeah. Gosh, now thinking back, how blessed was I? Um, Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) um, So yeah, I have not had that. I think a lot of it probably was self-inflicted, but but then moving forward a bit, going forward in time, actually the times when I think it really did affect me was um, when I first got married and then I was trying to listen to lots of uh, sermons about how to be a wife um, um, and the role of women in marriage, um, the role of women as a mother and all of that. Those really messed me up. Yeah, Yeah, it really, really did. Um, You know, we, well, I mean, maybe for myself, I went into marriage wanting to to try to go for, you know, the best that I can, uh, be the best wife that I can and so on. And listening to passages which told me that I had to be subservient um, and be a yes lady (laughs) um, really messed with me. Mm. Um, Jared, you, you, you will know I'm I'm not really wired that way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah. I I, mean, I I, I have a number (laughs) of friends who are human rights lawyers (laughs) <laughs> and none of them are wired that way, Patsy. <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing is, like, with my Chinese culture as well, which mm. teaches you to to honour your family and, and honour and, and all of that, it, gosh, it took me a long time to wrestle with all of those things and to understand that there's different ways to honour your husband, different yes. ways to serve right. each other. It took a long time. And then, of course, I got messed up all over again when I had kids because I was told that I was horrible unless I, like, quit everything and, and be a full-time mom and, and be there for them at all times. And so I had to wrestle with that all over again. Hmm. And I, I have to say, it's not like the church, my church was teaching me all these wrong things, <laughs> but um, I read a lot. I listen to different podcasts. Um, uh, from 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 the states and 
primarily at the time. Um, <laughs> once he states, I'm shaking my head saying, no, stay away from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, it, it took a lot of um, healing. Um, yeah. 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 But that's so common, right? I mean, I think whether it be from someone's own congregation or it's just so out there. And sometimes some of the more oppressive theologies have the the biggest stages, right? Um, And platforms to kind of push their perspectives. And so people who are generally trying to, you know, just be a good spouse and parents Mm -hmm. and neighbor and all, and you have these... Mm -hmm paradigms that are not nuancing these ancient perspectives around roles and, and our um, other ways that we can understand them and the ways yeah. that we can hopefully liberate people from um, right these restrictive roles rather than yeah so yeah I mean I have to say like thinking about it it's crazy right because I am definitely a person who's not trained to just listen to people in fact I very frequently question everyone around me um I don't stand up like I I don't I don't let people walk over me and all that and so like for me to actually feel the way I did at those times gosh I wonder how it affects others yeah Yeah. and I I think even you sharing your story will be so life-giving for so many. And they're like, wow, Patricia Ho feels that way. Maybe it's okay <laughs> for me to feel that way. Like if, if, yeah. And I've also found it fascinating, um, just jumping off what Drew was saying as well, that when there are um, very large ministries who mm-hmm. are often replicating other larger messages in society, that those pressures that women feel regardless of whether they have um, a a faith or interest in spirituality that are already internalised from larger culture, um, Mm. uh, guilt around, uh, you know, uh, roles, home, children, relationships, or all those kind of um, stuff. Mm. Then add ancient texts out of context (laughs) on on top of that. (laughs) That's a trip. Like, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. And add the people's wanting devotion to God, right? And wanting to yeah. live before God. Like, and then so it adds a whole mouth. Yeah, it's just so much in there um, yeah, mm. that can easily get abused if we're not careful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, to date, I think it's a huge thing. I, I don't think there's a lot of great messages out there that show women um, watch you know, the, the freedom that they have in how to define motherhood, uh, being a working mom, um, being a pastor's wife. Um, there's a lot of expectations over all of those things. And I, I actually do take it as, as my responsibility to give an example of other ways to be. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I've heard um, Justin joke. If if you think being a pastor's wife is hard, try being a, a lawyer's husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, I don't feel great for him for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. So, um, as I mean, you just shared so much of your story and um, mm-hmm. the ways that you've kind of engaged the scriptures, the ways that it has been liberating, but also at times restricting. 
Um, and so as we think about like the like your lens as you like in, encounter the text, right? As you encounter scripture, um, we recognize that everyone has a gift that they kind mm -hmm. of have to offer other people out of their ex personal experience and story um, and the very lens that you read scripture through. And I'm curious, like, what would you want to share with our listeners as, um, as you think about your own, the gift from your own story um, that could be maybe helpful as other people's engage sacred scriptures? Mm. Well, what I get a lot is people see what I do now. Um, so I, you know, being a human rights lawyer, serving people the way I do, and they always ask how I do it, how I get to this place and, and all of that. And I can never really answer them. Um, my journey in all of that, I didn't start off in life thinking this is what I'm going to do. This passion wasn't exactly bred, you know, into me. Um, or I didn't consciously go, this is what I want to grow. Anyways, what I did, however, really wanted, I caught a glimpse when I was growing up of um, hearts um, in people who were close to God. Um, in, it started in that camp. You know, I saw how... Uh, passionate and on fire and joyful people were when they knew God and how a close encounter with God could just be so um, revolutionary to your own minds and hearts. And that really set me off on I think, a quest to find out more. Um, and just, so whenever I just got distracted, you know, with studies, with, with different things in life, um, there would just be times when I come back to that. I would see somebody who's really um, obsessed with the word and I would go to them and I would talk to them and I would go, you know, how, how, what are you obsessed about? And every time I talk to one of these guys, I, I'm just in love with the word again. And they would just go, like, they would talk to me about the love they feel from God when they read the Bible. Um, and how they, when they read the word, they just know that God's loving on them and how God just craves that time that you're spending with him. And, and that's what um, I, I went, got into. For I remember two years very vividly when I was studying in London. That's just all I was going for. I woke up every day um, reading the word. Um, throughout the day, I was thinking about um, some of the things that inspired me. And I just wanted to, I read the word and I go, wow, God, I want to hear you. And then I just feel love throughout the day. I just sense God, it doesn't really matter what you're reading. It's like I read it and then I feel like he's talking to me. He's loving on me. That's that. Um, and and um, then it was just trying to go all that, like 
God can do anything. God can make everything happen. God's already done everything. And then it's just slowly going, well, it doesn't really matter what I do, but I'll, I'll just dwell on that. And then slowly things just happen. It's like whatever I did for the rest of my life so far anyways, it just comes. It just falls on your lap. Um, it sounds easy, but then obviously all the problems fall on your lap too. So you kind of deal with that <laughs> along the way. But then you've got the, um, the thing is like, I'm con- every time I deal with problems, like my, my dad was paralyzed for five years. It was really yeah. awful dealing with that, uh, supporting my mom, uh, being the eldest sister of four, having kids at the same time. It, it was crazy. But at the same time, I always came back to the passage, like, like God will not give you more than you can bear. Um, God will give you strength through everything. And, and throughout it all, I was just like, that was just a time for me to know more of, of what God is giving me. Um, it, it turned everything into something that was life-giving. And that's what I love about the word. Um, yeah. So for me, it's not so much about the theology, but it's about the promises. It's about the, the principles of how you live. It's about the backing, the power that I'm constantly relying on. And it's like, whatever I do, if I'm caught in something, there's a promise and then I can go forward. Mm. Yeah, that, that's what the words for me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm. I, um, I feel very moved by what you're sharing, Patsy, um, because I, I know you and I know that it isn't merely um, three little kids who are all adorable, by the way, <laughs> or the difficulty of... Um, uh, you know, caring for your father and your mother while um, he was uh, paralysed, but also um, looking for uh, ways to highlight um, the plight of asylum seekers in Hong Kong. That That's what you were doing day in, day out. You're literally the only <laughs> friend um, I know who has missed a call from Edward Snowden. I mean, there, there are things <laughs> in your life that are quite quite particular, Patsy, that other people... So I hear you talking about um, your, your devotion and, and your commitment to the scriptures and that sense of personal presence and power and uplift. And I know a lot of other people who... Um, uh, are changing nappies as they listen to this or, or uh, <laughs> doing a school commute as they listen to this um, or are held back in the office and know that um, uh, dinner's going to uh, be, be late. Um, uh, those are realities that so many people are facing. But the way that you've chosen to shine like a star and that your labour is not in vain is mm. um, uh, you didn't go be a missionary as you thought. I've heard you um, tell me when you were little that you wanted to be a, a missionary. Um, instead, or the, the way that um, th- this mission has been expressed for you um, has instead been um, as a human rights lawyer. W- would you speak to that? Because that's um, that very beautiful articulation of your own personal, uh, to use the word relationship uh, w- with uh, the Bible, um, as a, a mediating r- reality for how you encounter God. Um, what's that reality like while you be a human rights lawyer? Well, so I just want to, maybe before I go into that, 
want to come clean on a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> One is, I probably emphasized just now that I was focusing so much on the word for two years when I was in London. I have to say, I haven't kept that up, right? Like, especially since I had kids, I'm not reading the Bible all the time. And just to prepare for to, like this podcast, I, I, you, you did give me some heads up about talking about some passages. I picked up the Bible and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been a while. You know, so just to put that out there. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is... Um, You'll probably gather um, just, you know, my role as a human rights lawyer. I'm, and probably it's a well-known thing. Lawyers are known to be quite egotistical. Um, <laughs> and generally, you um, think quite highly of your own, uh, like, powers of deduction and, and analysis of things, right? You, you think you know how to read things, how to analyze things, right? Um, and so I definitely come with that. Um, <laughs> so growing up, like um, a lot of the decisions I make come from deduction as well, you know. Mm. So, so it uh, alongside that period of me coming so close to God, I was also actually really asking, what should I do with my life? And I was just using like really basic um, like calculations. It's like, I've got so much time in my life. I need to make it count. What counts is what's for God. So let's figure out what that is. Hmm. Right. My skill set is I'm doing law. I've got a law degree. What can I do with it? And then I'm thinking, who in the world needs this help um, the most? God gave me the answer right away. It, victims of trafficking. Like nobody speaks for them enough. And these it's it's all about speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I was immediately drawn to, well, that's what I've got to do. Um, it's like a, you know, like a deduction, a calculation thing. It's like, like you, you put out on a platter what you've got and then you apply the word to it. And, and then, and then what's amazing and what I love about God is then just to make sure you don't have any doubts that you're going into the right direction. Like he'll give you messages. He'll, he'll, he'll make things happen just so you know, for sure. Right. Uh, those things happened for me. And so along the way, I'm like, okay, this is what I got to do. And then, um, um, I, I got, um, involved in some, like one thing led to another found out about what was happening to refugees in Hong Kong and then basically deduced it's a no-brainer. I've got to work on it. And then it just went it went on and on. And then I saw in the field that people come and go all the time. Um, and then the refugees stay. And what became really obvious to me was in order to do anything, I've just got to stay. I've got to dedicate. Mm. I've got to show them that people are not all going to just come and go. And then as I did that... Um, God was super faithful to your dedication. And so results started happening. People mm. started trusting you. Your relationships grow. You're given um, respect because you're not just one of those who come and go. Things like that. Um, and, and I think that whatever seeds you sow, God reaps. And that's what 
again, another thing I love about it. Mm. And like, I think, you know, as the years go on, um, um, as I dedicate more, I see more of the scripture come to play, uh, become true. And it, it's really quite cool. So the fact that you witness things becoming true itself becomes an impetus for you to continue to, to do your work further. You know you're going in the right direction. It's like it actually becomes really easy because it's like if you know you're doing the right thing, if you know you're going down the right track, why would you go elsewhere? So it's, it's like, in a way, I feel like it's a piece of cake. Yeah. Uh, I think I need to become a lawyer. <laughs> I so rarely experience what you just said, Patsy, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so as we turn to this particular text, um, uh, would you speak to the power for you of this text to turn our world upside down, how it can be revolutionary for us, how uh, um, the, the same way that um, it hit you when you were 13 years old and now you're the Patricia Ho that we know. Help us hear it in that same way. Yeah. Well, so for me, um, as a human rights lawyer, you look at things and it's all hopeless. It's all doomed. Mm. It's like, is there really any point in anything sometimes? So you, you, you look at the world, basically it, it's blackness. It's like, it's all dark. Um, and the beautiful thing for me is that this passage paints that picture for you. So if you look at it, it says... Well, first of all, you're in a crooked and depraved generation. But what it says about you, about all of us as people who know God, is that we stand out of that pitch black darkness as stars. Hmm. So, and why? Because you hold the word of God. So literally, we just sit here. We hold in our hands the word of God. We exist. We pop, pop out of this darkness as this bright, bright light. And that's what changes everything. And, and what really blows me away is that it's, it's the power of all of us together. It's, it's no good for one star to be there. But if <laughs> all of us come forward, and, and it's, it's a little bit like, this picture that we can see, you know, like me here in Hong Kong, um, Drew, you in the States, Jared in Australia, we light up different corners. Mm. And everyone lights up the different corners. And for me, it's just seeing that picture of blackness and then seeing lights pop up everywhere. If we would all just hold the word of life, mm. that just transform everything. And it's just the most beautiful picture that I can imagine. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, um, it's not necessarily, um, uh, like that, that light isn't necessarily, um, anything that's revolutionary in the sense of, Hey, let's change the law. Um, um, you know, do something like get, a, <laughs> um, 
tip hero award or it's something like it's nothing like that it's literally just somebody holding the the word of god and being faithful to that and that's all it is it's it's you knowing love you shining love you showing kindness you showing joy that's all that it takes as a start um <laughs> um to to change everything but and and to, Patsy, i would push back on that if it wasn't you saying that because you are somebody who has literally changed laws yeah i know <laughs> you're I the know, only one in this conversation I... <laughs> who has done those things that you talked about um uh, so i, I hear but, you but, both saying go on yeah you see the problem is that and i feel quite useless when i read out a passage like that because hmm. people look at me and they think well i'm not you you know well i'm not a person who changed laws i'm not that effective as a star or something like that but it's really I mean I I know it sounds weird perhaps but it really that isn't the point that's not what this passage is focusing on at all it's Mm. literally just the only point is you holding the word of God that's what makes you shine um and I think like whatever we do like for my husband being a pastor, just being faithful to a few individuals to support them in walking through whatever they're doing, that is just so much of an important thing to be doing. You know, it can be anything at all. Um, and, And it's like, you know, if it's just about what I do, then that's, again, that lights up one corner. It's not the whole thing. But it's like if everyone just embraces their role where they are and light up that corner oh my god like it it blows me away Mm. um yeah but before you know it's all too like beautiful and rolling on the the lawns and all of that have to also um say that this does actually start off with the, the phrase do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God. Um, so hard. <laughs> so, so hard. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think I still have to grapple with like what it means <laughs> to say, do everything without complaining or arguing. That's literally my job. Um, <laughs> but, but there's there's a grace to doing all these things which probably make it slightly different um but yeah you know um it's hard work i think to remain blameless and pure and to to live out this so it's like for me um you know it's strength in 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 numbers like if we were all to catch a glimmer of that beautiful picture of what it can be like if we were to all shine like stars, then I think for me, that's a real encouragement to, to be that, to strive for the blamelessness and purity and all of that in, in what we do. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And as you're talking, it was like, had me just thinking about, you know, which really ties, I guess, really neat in terms of what we always discuss here at Inverse around, you know, just encountering the texts, but not just in, encountering words, right? But literally to commune with God and to mm-hmm. discover a life-giving God, a liberating God, and to hold tight to that 
um, and allow that to shape how we live in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And as you talk, like, it, I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase where people say, um, instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle, right? Um, mm-hmm. but that's what came to mind as you were talking, just the opportunities that we have um, to not just grumble about what's happening, but how do we participate mm-hmm. in what God is doing in the world and what God dreams for all of us. And so, yeah, yes. it's, it's really yeah. beautiful. Did you, did you deliberately quote Confucius, given what part of the world Patsy is coming to us is that, from? Is that where that's from? I don't even know. I just have heard it. Is that <laughs> from Confucius? I didn't know that at all. I don't even know that, George. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, l- listeners can correct. Uh, I, I think I think it is. But, hey, wow. um, yeah. any wisdom is clearly from of God, right? Like, <laughs> that's right. Patsy, yeah. I, I was so taken with... Uh, you know, this image that you've painted um, from this passage, and I loved how you set it up as well. Like it, it's, it was preaching genius, you know, this this constellation of life and if, if we all committed to the word of life that we can actually see in the darkness, um, these constellations of beautiful little lives shining all over the place. That's even and it does preach and, and people um, would respond to that altar call. Yet we're talking to you from Hong Kong and if uh, this global Black Lives Matter moment wasn't happening and if this global pandemic wasn't happening, uh, everybody would be talking about Hong Kong. Like Hong Kong is still showing up in the news uh, despite the fact that there are these significant, I mean, 2020 has just been a year, right? (laughs) Like it's, um, so I'm aware uh, in your profession you can't, well, you can answer. You're a lawyer. You, you <laughs> lawyer me in terms of asking questions that aren't appropriate. Um, <laughs> but uh, given the laws um, that mainland China are passing around um, uh, patriotism and people's expression of, and um, given your passion for human rights and letting, um, I mean, because this is where being a constellation um in the darkness really, uh, well, this is where it hits the night sky, right? Um, Mm. What does that mean in your context as you negotiated? And and you can speak to that um, in precise or as vague ways as you feel comfortable. (laughs) Well, I think um, a lot of people have been thrown into darkness and have been left in positions where they feel like they've lost any hope um, in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, And maybe, Patsy, would you paint a little bit of a picture of what this moment does feel like for people living in Hong Kong? Well, it's it's impossible to encapsulate. it's like everywhere else around the world, right? You've got mm. different camps. And so in Hong Kong at the moment, you have definitely got um, a huge group of people who are really excited about China's uh, rising powers. Um, and they think that, you know, like, oh my goodness, like after all these years, centuries, um, China's coming to to lead the world now and they're really excited by that 
and they're happy to, um, to for, for that to cost something um, and they think it's completely understandable for that to be the case. Um, there are equally a lot of people who have been used to living in essentially the Western world, right? Mm. You, you're uh, used to freedoms, um, being able to say whatever you want to say. There's academic freedoms. There's there's um, respect in um, different opinions. Um, there is, at the end of the day, uh, uh, a reliance on the rule of law, basic liberties, um, democracy, and you know, to have fought, and the context is this, to have fought for a long time over the last year for um, breakthrough, mm. only to be met with double down hardness um, has been really, really difficult. Because what happens is, you know, in the last years, people thought, you, you, they've actually been seeing hope, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're fighting to see, oh, wow, we're going to see a better future. Um, but none of that's coming to pass as far as they're concerned. So um, you're seeing a lot of different things. Here. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's not so easy to, for me, even to know how to react. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. But anyways, you know, having said all of that, um, what I have really wanted to focus on is to figure out what is our role um, going forward. And um, I'm a pragmatist. Um, so I've been focusing on, like, how is it best to continue the work that we're doing in this environment? And for me, um, I'm just trying to remember that um, there's still a lot of room to um, do good. There's still um, a lot mm. of desire, I think, in leadership in Hong Kong and in China uh, for, for advancement in, in our society. Um, and there's different political ideologies. but. I'm trying to find common ground. I'm trying to find where we may agree on fundamental things that we need to grow on. Um, and for me, you know, protection of um, uh, victims of trafficking, protection of basic dignity and all of those things, mm. um, we could probably agree on. Yeah, wow. Most of the time. And so I, I'm looking at doing whatever we can as far as possible while we can. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and it's important for me uh, and for the teams I work with to focus on what we can do. Um, so, so that's what, what we're doing, I guess. And it's this part of the conversation that most feels like, for me, the Apostle Paul. Like, mm -hmm. we can't forget that this text that he's writing, he's writing from jail. Mm -hmm. When, when um, he calls on this psalm um, or, or this, this song, this hymn um, that the early church has been singing and then talks about what it is to, um, you know, just verses before, uh, work out your liberation in awe and trembling. 
Um, mm. I, I hear you um, in awe of this moment. And or we often have positive associations or we translate it fear and it's completely negative associations. But we miss that um, uh, the, the word itself is this overwhelmed, it's, it's a sublime realisation of this moment. And whether it be this moment in terms of 2020 generally, uh, pandemic specifically, Black Lives Matter globally, um, what's going on uh, in Hong Kong, or we could talk about Brazil, or we could talk about the Philippines, or we could talk about the US, or we could talk about here in Australia, like what, what's going on in so many places uh, right now. Mm. To just be in awe of this moment and the sense of trembling that, mm. as I heard, um, you know, 13-year-old little Patsy hearing this passage that um, your life matters, that our lives matter and what we do with our lives matter and it matters in terms of other people's lives matter because how we respond to our own lives. Mm. Um, and that's the what it is to work out our liberation or, or the more common translation, salvation with fear mm-hmm. and trembling is in this mm-hmm. moment go, what is it um, to be pragmatic, mm-hmm. <laughs> not idealist? Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, so we become I- ineffective, uh, but nor pessimists. Um, mm-hmm. So we wallow and, and can't analyse what's actually happening. But mm-hmm. how do we actually respond? Because w- where Paul goes next, Patsy, is talking about feeling like, you know, a drink offering being poured out mm. on a sacrifice like there. <laughs> and then he's like, so rejoice. I mean, that's mm. that's some complex stuff. And yet um, as Drew and I listen to you, I hear that joy. Uh, I hear mm-hmm. the, the personal confession of um, uh, what the scriptures mean to me, yet I'm not in them all the time. And, <laughs> and like, uh, like though that honesty, that complexity, I really appreciate um, uh, your authenticity and your your transparency, or to use the words of this passage, um, that's the purity that I think it's talking about, that transparency um, uh, mm. to go, yeah, this is, this is where I am on the journey. So thank mm. you so much for your time, your work, yeah. your witness. Thank you. Thank you. It's really nice to have this chat and to talk through all this. Yeah. Um, Patricia Ho, calling you by your proper name, not just yeah. being a lazy Australian, Patsy. <laughs> um, if people were to uh, want to explore more your work and, and what you're doing um, mm. uh, or to, to listen to talks you've given, uh, we met initially speaking at the Vine Church Um uh, in Hong Kong or the Justice Conference together, um, where might people go exploring? Um, I should have prepared for this a little more. Um, <laughs> okay, well, if you look up dignityinstitute.com, mm-hmm. that is a nonprofit that I have set up recently that's um, really trying to advance the work that I talked about. Um, um, and it lays out a little bit of a strategy on how we're doing that. Um, and yeah, basically that's, that's basically, um, how, you know, what I talked about is translated, how we're trying to walk the line of being able to continue to achieve what I hope can be done in Hong Kong in these times. Mm. Um, if you're talking about, um, talks I've done or, um, 
well, actually talks I've done just Google Patricia Ho, I think. Um, and uh, I've done some talks, I think, in Justice Conference and uh, in Hong Kong and in Australia. I think those are recorded. Um, and then on my uh, law firm's website, so it's patriciahoassociates.com. Mm -hmm. um, and in there, there's a lot of information about, um, like, the, the way um, we have been advancing uh, rights for victims of human trafficking in Hong Kong. So great. Um, we're very aware that for lawyers, time is money. And so we, we well. don't want to go over time in case we get a bill for <laughs> our friendship. It's all but, um, pro bono. It's all free. <laughs> we love each other. Yeah. So much. Um, please send our love to, to Justin and your gorgeous kids and all um, uh, our brothers and sisters at Vine as well. Um, miss them but seriously patsy so thankful for you um if there's anything uh you, you think we can be of help in any way please don't hesitate to to reach out will do thank you it's really uh, amazing to talk to both of you who inspire me greatly oh likewise my friend hey can i ask a special favor before you go mm -hmm. um would you pray for our listeners sure thank you Okay. Yeah, Lord, I thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness to all of us. I thank you that whatever you say, you mean it. Mm -hmm. um, I thank you that the promises that you've given us so many years ago, you're still keeping. And I thank you that as we trust in you, that you'll continue to make them come true. Lord, I just pray for everyone who's listening to this, that you will um, really present to them this picture of how each one of us can be a star in this universe. And I, I pray that you'll show us how beautiful, shiny, glimmering this star is. And I just pray that you'll give us whatever it takes to see that and to hold to that picture. And um, I just wanted to speak through this as well. In the same um, book in Philippians, you say, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And Lord, I pray that we will know what that means. Um, and believe that as we just get hold of that, that you will do whatever it is that you want. And we are willing. Amen. The Inverse Podcast is proudly supported by you, the listener. And if you want to join the revolutionaries who are helping us have conversations about how this ancient text can still turn the world upside down, why don't you head over to patreon.com slash inverse.